It's that time of year where we need a little warmth. Well, good morning again. If you're, if this is your first or second time uh, visiting the church, I just want to acknowledge your visit and uh, come and uh, find me after the service in the foyer just to say hello. We'd like to just connect with you and acknowledge that you, that you've come and uh, and welcome you. You are welcome this mor- uh, this morning. After every service, we like to have some fellowship time out in the foyer. There'll be coffee and maybe some snacks. Often we have upgraded snacks. I don't know what's out there today, but have a coffee, chat with people. It's the best way to connect uh, with other believers and other people kind of on the same journey of where you are. I want to jump right in this morning. We're continuing with our All Things New series. We're going to read a scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Does anyone still bring their Bible to church? One, two, three, four. Oh, phones. I see phones. Oh, amen. We still got a few real Bibles. I like to hear the, the leaves rustling. We love the Word of God here at SBC. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. When I, Paul, came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God Accept the Spirit of God. We have not received. We have re- what we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. 
A person with the Spirit of God makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere, merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's pray again. Father, we thank you for the, this morning for the mind of Christ. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who teaches us, who advocates on our behalf, who opens the scriptures to us, who though even in the eyes of the world, when we are seen as foolishness, Lord, we know that the mysteries of God has been revealed to us by the Spirit, that we can have the wisdom of God today because of what the Spirit is doing in our hearts and minds. Despite what others may believe, what others may think, Lord, even though your wisdom may appear as foolishness to them, we can trust in your wisdom today. We can trust in your spirit to lead us, to guide us, to light our path. And so, Lord, as we look to the word this morning, I pray for every heart here who's burdened with a lack of wisdom, or needing wisdom, needing your spirit to move in their lives. Lord, would you speak to their heart and reveal to them your truth today so they could be made free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you agree, say amen. Don't be afraid to say amen. Today we are continuing our series entitled All Things New. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... They are, say it with me, new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Amen. That's good news. The old is gone. The new has come. Jesus has made all things new. Woo! Everyone's so excited today. Everyone is so loving it. Probably because maybe we're not seeing all things new in our lives, right? We're not seeing it happen just yet. But again, Scripture often, we, 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 tend to, we tend to be hard on ourselves because Scripture often presents us with an ideal that we're not yet walking in. And we read Scripture in saying, we're set free from sin. We're set free. The power of sin is broken. Church, that is 100% true. If you are in Jesus Christ this morning, the power of sin has been broken off your life. How can we live in it anymore? But so often, what we read as the ideal presented to us in Scripture doesn't align with what we're seeing in our own lives. That's why faith is important. That's where faith comes in. We began this series um, in mid-October by taking communion together and celebrating the new covenant. And on that morning, we spoke about the blessing of brokenness. Pastor Jeff, following week, then spoke on new person, that in Christ we are new creation. If anyone is in Christ, new creation. The following week, Pastor Jeff taught on the new victory we have in Christ, that Christ has won the battle, that the enemy is a defeated foe, and that we are called to walk in the light of that victory that Jesus has won for us. Amen. Amen. Next in the series was new command, that 
to love God and to love others. Love is the foundation of our obedience to God. It's all about love. Against the true love of God, there is no law. And last week, our guests, Darcy and Leanne McAllister, reminded us of the new power we have in Christ, a new authority to take the good news of Jesus Christ wherever we go, whether at home or abroad. The gospel, the good news about concerning Jesus Christ is the power of God for the salvation of those who believe. And this morning's message is part six of our series entitled, New Spirit. New Spirit. I wanted to share a few weeks back um, what had happened, actually, when I was talking to you. I, I, I didn't get the opportunity just yet, so I'll, I'll tell you the little story now. When we were talking about the blessing of brokenness, that sometimes we have challenges in our life, sometimes we have an area of brokenness in our life, and we're not sure what to make of it. But if we would only see these challenges and difficulties and failures with God's heart behind it to to sort of bring it to light so that we could deal with it and grow and to be made whole as a result of it. Amen? You still with me? So I, I was at the church preparing for that message that day, and I had finished up, and I was walking out to my car right outside here in the parking lot, and there was a flat tire in the front. So... I was like, wow, I didn't hit anything on the road. It didn't happen while I was driving, where normally you're driving, you hit something, or all of a sudden maybe a a nail or some type of sharp object pierces the tire. No, it was just, I walked out and the tire was flat. So I was thinking, what am I going to do? I got to call a tow truck or CAA or some insurance company and find out what my options are. And then I thought, come on, don't be a wimp, change the tire yourself. So I started to change the tire and I made a few mistakes because I was on a hill. So the car moved off the jack. And then anyways, I got it sorted out. But here I am out in the parking lot. Um, it was it was cold that day and I was changing the tire and I'm I'm there trying to torque this tire iron to get these bolts off the, off the tire, and it was just so difficult. Anybody change a tire before? It's not the easiest thing. So I'm out there, I'm like, God, what is going on? I've got to preach on Sunday. I'm on the blessing of brokenness. Why, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me today, you know? And, uh, but for some reason, I decided to just put those complaints aside and just say, God, you have a purpose in this. You have a reason for this. Maybe you have a similar experience where out of nowhere, something maybe a lot greater than a flat tire has come your way. And um, you've decided to say, you know what? I'm just going to trust that God is doing something through this. Is that anybody's experience? So what, what happened was it kind of forced me to get my act together and actually take it into the dealership. And um, so the next day I'm over at Canadian Tire and they, they helped me out quite a bit. And uh, I'm in there changing tires, getting winter tires on. And it's taking some time because there's a lineup. So I decided to head over to Winners. The guy calls me from Canadian Tire 
and he says, Mr. Wood, I've got some bad news for you. Um, there's a major problem with one of your bearings on the front wheel. It's about to collapse. Like, if you were on the highway, this would be really, really dangerous. You could end up in a major accident. So I suggest we take care of it. I was like, any other bearings broken? He's like, no, just this one front bearing. We have the part. We can take care of it. Do you give me the go-ahead? I said, yes. Hung up the phone, and I realized, if I didn't get the flat tire, I would never have been in a rush to get my car with new, fitted with new tires. And if I didn't do that, I would never have discovered the bearing that was broken. And if it was me, it's okay. Get into a little accident, fine. But if I had my wife in the car with my sons, that would have potentially been even worse. So only a day prior, I was shaking my hands at the heavens and saying, God, why did this happen? And the next day, I'm lifting my hands instead in prayer and saying, God, thank you for the brokenness. Thank you for saving me an accident. I think there's a lot of things like that in our lives. That something pops up, and right away our first gut reaction is to say, God, oh, why? Change this, fix this, you know? But instead, it's one of the reasons why the scripture says, not all things are good, but all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. That not everything we face is going to be happy. But we have to have a baseline trust as we move through this life that God knows what he's doing and he hasn't left us. Does that speak to anyone today? That there may be a situation you're facing a lot more serious than a silly tire. And you instead have to have the resolve to say, you know what, I'm going to trust God through this. The flat tire story is really a picture of my life. There is blessing in the brokenness. Our weaknesses alert us to the need that we have for him so that even in the areas of our failure, God can redeem them and use them to bring us back to himself. If we are strong, we praise the Lord. If we are weak, we praise the Lord. Today, church, I come to you in weakness and in need. In and of myself, apart from what God has done, I'm a failure. But glory be to God, today I can walk in victory not because of what I've done, but because of who he is and who he has made me to be. Someone say amen. That's a good place to say amen. Is that your story today? You see, Paul the Apostle knew this truth all too well. He was a man marked by revelation. But he was also marked by a thorn in the flesh. And Scripture tells us that he had asked the Lord to remove it three times. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says, He, the Lord, said to me, after Paul had asked to have it removed, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast 
all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. In insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. I delight in flat tires, amen. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This morning, this song came to mind. It's an old song. I think it's a Gaither song. And it captures this truth really well. The lyrics say, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion he understood. And all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. Paul said that he didn't rely on his own strength, in his own wisdom, in his own learning, but claimed only to know Christ and him crucified. Church, we rely not on the flesh, but on the spirit, because we know that the change that we are looking for, the change that we are seeking in our lives, and in the lives of the people we touch, can only be brought about by the power of God. God isn't going to accomplish his plan for your life in your own ability. I've said that many times. It's not going to come to pass by the arm of the flesh. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. This is true wisdom from God, although it appears as foolishness to the world. We know them to be true through the witness of the Holy Spirit to our hearts. The question I have this morning is the general question for this message, and that is something I want you to earnestly think about. Why do you need the Spirit of God? Why do you need the Spirit of God? Honestly, there's almost too many things to name why we need the Spirit of God. So we won't try to conquer this exhaustively. So forgive me if I fail to mention the one you're thinking of. But we're just going to focus on a few this morning. Three if we can. The Spirit is our advocate, our guide, our comforter, our seal of redemption, our deposit of the inheritance to come. The Spirit is God, alive and at work in us. Today we're going to examine our need for the Spirit in worship, our need for the Spirit in prayer, and our need for the Spirit in understanding the Word of God having the word of God applied to our hearts. First, we need the spirit of God to worship. John chapter 4, 23 and 24 says this, yet at a time, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Verse 24, God is spirit, and worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Apart from the spirit of God, we cannot worship as we should. Many of you who are familiar with this passage know that it comes from uh, 
Jesus meeting the woman at the well. Here is a woman trying to deal with the pain of her heart through relationships. In her brokenness, she attempted to alleviate, to anesthetize. Is that a word? You know what I mean. Alleviate the pain of her heart through relationships. She tried to deal with the burden of her soul in her own strength. From the story, we understand that she went around the mountain multiple times. She kept going to the well, unsatisfied. Jesus told her that the water he provides puts the well on the inside. I'll say that again. The water that he provides puts the well on the inside. In John 4, 13 and 14, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Does this resonate with you? Where do you go for your comfort? Is it food? Don't, you don't have to admit this anyway. Is it sex? Is it work? Is it addiction? What will it take for the cycle to break and for you to turn instead to the Spirit of God? Is anyone interested to know the answer? What it will take is you reaching a point of discomfort with your sin more than your comfort with it, that exceeds your comfort with it. You need to come to a place where you hate it more than you love it. Is anyone there today dealing with something? But you've got to come over that mountain. You've got to say, I'm not going to turn to this comfort anymore to deal with this hole in my heart. Instead, I'm going to turn to the Spirit of God to deal with it. Later in the Gospel of John, Jesus talks about the living water again. Chapter 7, 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone, that includes you, who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Jesus is inviting you here. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You've got a source that the world knows nothing about. You've got a well on the inside of you that often we never turn to because we're always turning to something on the outside of us to comfort us, to lead us, to guide us, when all the while the Spirit of God is in us to work in us and to cause us rivers of living water to, to flow forth that can flood your life and the lives of the people around you. By this, in verse 39, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Our lives, our worship as new creations of God, by our design, we require the Spirit of God. And apart from the Spirit of God, we simply cannot do life as we should. We simply cannot worship as we should 
ought to. We need the Spirit of God. How many of you need the Spirit of God? How many of you have been trying to deal with it in your own strength? Trying to face things in your own ability, saying, you know what, I'll work it out. When God is saying, I want to walk beside you. I want my life to flow from within you. That's why we need the Word of God. The second reason why we need the Spirit of God is to pray. Romans 8, 26 and 28 says this, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who I have been called according to his purpose. Apart from the Spirit of God, we cannot worship as we should. We cannot pray as we should. Paul asked the question, who can know the thoughts of God? Just as only the spirit of man can know the thoughts of a man, only the spirit of God knows the thoughts of God. And we have been given not the mind of man, but the mind of Christ. How else can we pray the perfect will of God? You know, uh, sometimes I'm I'm in circles where um, we talk about praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. I don't know where you're individually at on the matter. Seems to be one of those hot button issues. Don't talk about it. You might upset someone. Uh, I, I pray in tongues. And one uh, young man was asking me, What are you talking about? I said, Listen, I come to sometimes to a place in prayer where words aren't enough. I come to a place in prayer where, you know, Words just don't cut it anymore. There's something on the inside that God has communicated to my spirit that only matches a groan. It only matches a a, a, a deep emotion, a deep sense of, of God wanting to break forth in my life that I just can't articulate. You leaving me up here this morning? Amen. Isn't God good? That he knows what we need even more than we do. Who can know our own hearts? Sometimes I don't even understand why I do certain things. Sometimes maybe you say, I don't even know why I'm like this. I don't even know why I have this habit or like this or that. But God understands at a deep level. And he has provided his spirit to pray according to the perfect will of God. Some of you just need to open your mouth. That's what I was told at a retreat one day. Open your mouth, God will fill it. Apart from the Spirit of God, we cannot worship as we should. We cannot pray as we should. Is it just for ourselves that we need the Spirit of God in prayer? The truth is is that there is so much more going on in the realm of the Spirit. Stuff that we have no visibility on. But the Spirit of God knows it. We read in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, regarding spiritual warfare, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the, His mighty power. 
put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Church, there's a lot going on that we don't have visibility on from day to day. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I just want to pause there a second. You ever wondered that when you had a thought about something and you're wondering, is this from God or is this just me? Is this from the Spirit of God or is this from my own mind? How do I tell the difference? You want to know the answer? Come back next week. I'll just take off right now. It's kind of an anticlimactic answer, but the answer is the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit dividing even bone from marrow, spirit and soul. Something that cannot be normally divided. Something that Scripture testifies is usually just considered one thing. The word of God divides it. So when we can't tell, is this me or is this the spirit of God? The word of God slices through that and says, this is the way, walk in it. Are you getting something today? Is this helpful? Verse 18 is the critical verse. It says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Apart from the Spirit of God, we simply cannot pray as we should, but by His Spirit, God guides our prayers beyond what we can know so that His will can be accomplished despite the weakness and inadequacy even of our own minds. I'll tell you a quick story. There was a couple times where I was able to pray even beyond what I understood. I was at church one day, and after church, we would go down to the church basement, and they would usually have lunch every Sunday or once a month. There was, it was like a kind of a, a potluck being served. We say potluck in church, is that fine? You know what I'm talking about? You're not going to come after the service and say, run up, Pastor Jordan, I got something to tell you. You said potluck. We don't believe in that? No. Just playing. Pot blessing. Is that the right one? Pot blessing? Okay. I apologize. Uh, No, sincerely, if it bothers you, I don't want to offend anybody. But anyways, it's not the point. The point is I was downstairs having a bite, and all of a sudden I'm seeing my friend there. Her name is Betty. 
and uh, she was married to our other friend Selwyn, and they're a lovely young couple. And uh, I just saw her, and all of a sudden, it hit me. So I went up to her, and I said, listen, I just see the Spirit of God all over you. And I've known that in times past when this happens, it happens rarely. But when it happens, I need to just go be faithful and take a chance. Because even if I'm wrong and I, I look like I don't know what I'm doing, it's fine because it's worth it if it, it actually is from the Lord. So I said, listen, I don't know what God has been speaking to you lately. I just feel this is from him. But by this time next year, you're going to have a child in your arms. She had the same kind of reaction that we read Mary had when the angel appeared to her, where he says, let it be to your Lord, sir. It was kind of like that. She's like, well, honestly, Jordan, Owen, and I aren't thinking that. We're actually going in a different direction. But if it's from God, let it be. After the service, I got to, um, after the, the time of eating, I, I was like, let's pray, guys. So I took both her and someone aside, and I prayed, and the Lord just was supernaturally guiding that prayer. And I, I, I remember the words. It was years ago, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. And I said something like, God is going to take what's on the inside of you and bring it out. Within a year, they had their first child. And that happened a couple times. So if you don't want to get pregnant and you see me coming to talk to you, just turn and run. <laughs> I don't know when it happens. It's not up to me. There's another time. There's another time where um, <clears throat> I was praying at the altar. It was an altar time, and I don't think I was preaching that day, but uh, it wasn't at this church. It was a few churches ago. I think it was at my first church, and I, I, I didn't know a lot back then uh, compared to now. I still don't know that much, but back then I was really new is what I'm trying to say. And so <clears throat> I was praying at the altar, and this woman came up. She's like, I'd like prayer. So I was like, great, you know, young pastor, ready to go. I'll pray for you. Sure, what do you want to pray for? Just as the Lord leads you, she said. So I began to, I put my hand on her shoulder, and I closed my eyes, and I'm, I'm trying to hear from God as to what I'm going to pray for her for. And honestly, nothing was coming to me. It was like heavens were closed. It was like, knock, knock, sorry, closed for business. And I had no idea what this was because this has never happened to me before, right? Usually you get something, uh, some sort of direction in prayer. It's, it's not always perfect, but it's, it's usually something that helps the person and uh, encourages them as we pray. And I, I know many of you have the same experience, but today I was like, I was like all nervous and I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, I've got nothing. And the words coming out of my mouth felt like they were like rocks going into the ocean. It's just like, poof, like nothing, nothing was good. So I prayed the typical Christian prayer. Oh, pray for wisdom and direction and protection. And yeah, all those Christian-y prayers that we all pray, right? Nothing wrong with that. You guys are really in a great mood today. So I, I was like, what is going on? What is happening? And through a series of circumstances, I found out later that God was already speaking to this woman. 
as he is most of the time with the people we pray for. God's already at work in their lives. He's already telling her. And God had already told her exactly what to do. And she was being disobedient. I found out that she was looking for plan B. She was hoping to come down to the altar and that I would somehow give her a different direction than what God had already specifically told her. Listen, if God has given you plan A, don't come looking for plan B. It only ends in problems. So it happened again. Maybe a year or so later, I'm at the altar. Someone's coming to pray. And again, the same feeling, nothing. And I knew this time that when that happens, so I stopped and said, I'm not going to pray for you because I believe God has already told you exactly what you need to hear and you need to go and do it. White face. Turned, said thank you, and walked out. God knows things we don't. There's things happening in the spiritual realm that we have no visibility on. But the Spirit of God, we need him to guide our prayers, to lead us, and we pray, to pray according to the perfect will of God, to trust God when he's holding back our response, when he's asking us to be patient and wait. So many times we get ahead of God. But we need God. We need the Spirit of God to help us to worship. We need the Spirit of God to help us to pray. And thirdly, we need the Spirit of God to help us apply the Word of God to our lives and to our hearts. John 16, 12 to 15 says this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. You, Lord. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what, will, what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said to you, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you apart from the Spirit of God. We cannot understand the word of truth as we should. One last story. Uh, maybe a week or two ago, <clears throat> I was at the gym. There's this new thing that I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, lately. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called exercise. It's new and it's fun. Shout out to Robbie. And uh, I'm at the gym, but I had just rushed to the gym because i got to get these workouts in. I'm in kind of a little competition with my friend Jelani and my other friend Andrew. So if you see them, you can just nudge them saying, Jordan's beating you right now. And uh, I'm going to the gym. I was rushing over to get there, so I left my keys at home. And I remembered that my wife had asked me to check the mail. She's anticipating something. So as I'm walking back from the leisure center to my house, um, I said, you know what? I'm going to go check the mailbox. See if there's anything there. So I'm walking down a street that I normally don't take because it's on the way to the mailbox and I have to go around to the other block. So I'm walking there. I'm halfway down the road and I realize I don't have my mailbox key. Right? So I had to turn around and walk back. No big deal. But as I'm walking back, it hits me. 
apart from the Spirit of God, we cannot understand the Word of God. It doesn't matter what message is in that mailbox. It could be a message from the Prime Minister. If I don't have the key, I can't get the message. If I can't first unlock what's going on there, there's no way, regardless of what that message is. The Word of God today, those of you who have your Bibles, you can lift them up and say, I cannot unlock what's in here without the key, and the key is the Holy Spirit. Apart from the Spirit of God, we are locked out. This is why our text today says that in verse 14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. I didn't write it. It's in the text. Have you ever talked with people about some spiritual things, but they, may, they, they do not have the Spirit of God living in them? And you try to talk to them about this spiritual truth. And it's just, you, you understand that they're, they're trying to appreciate what you're saying, but they're not capturing what you're saying. I, I, I often converse with a lot of people that uh, don't know the Lord Jesus as we do. And often I try to talk with them. But apart from faith, Apart from God opening their eyes, apart from God opening their ears, they're not really able to see, hear, and understand what I'm trying to communicate to them. When I talk to them about my relationship with Jesus, when I talk to them about the Spirit of God speaking to me, they can't understand it. They think it's foolishness. So that should just be an encouragement to you. We're not supposed to go over to the world and, you know, hit them over the head with the Bible. Instead, we need to pray that the Spirit of God touches their lives and opens their heart and mind. Testify to them. Witness as we can. But don't get bent out of shape if they don't capture it immediately. These things are spiritually discerned. These are spiritual truths that we're communicating. And if they get it, If we've received anything, it's only because God has opened our eyes. It's not because we're any better. It's only because God has done a work by grace in our lives to receive them in the first place. That's exactly what Paul says. He says, if you've received it by grace, why do you act as if it was out of your own doing? But instead, we're all saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Apart from the Spirit of God opening their eyes and opening their ears to hear and receive the message, the Scripture said it's not by wise words that people come to know Christ. They come to know Christ by the power of God. That's why Paul said, I don't come with eloquent words, because it's not going to be by eloquent words of wisdom that the message comes across. It's only going to be because of the power of God. 